0: Hi, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast, recorded Friday, November the 4th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about the upcoming elections, the mass at Little Rock City Hall, and maybe some more. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Hello. So we've, we have talked in previous weeks about the elections, uh, but let's do it again and then start with uh, the release of the esteemed Arkansas poll from the University of Arkansas Janine Perry this week.
1: Yeah, and it was, from my point of view, as I've said, as a moderate to liberal, mostly liberal uh, commentator, it was a bad set of results. Uh, uh, Republican politicians in Arkansas have uh, far higher approval ratings than I think they deserve, Uh, but the bad news was is they did a uh, head-up matchup in the governor's race, and what was it? a 20-point lead, basically, for uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders over Chris Jones, who who I kind of believed the echo chamber in which I live, that maybe he was making some strides. Sarah Sanders is, is simply not a very likable person. She was a liar for a liar, and Chris Jones is a nice guy and has impeccable credentials, and Sarah Sanders' only experience is being the daughter of a grifting governor and and working for a sociopath, and uh, otherwise had been on a government tip most of her life. And I kind of believe some of the talk, and I, you know, if that poll is to be believed, uh, it's hopeless. Uh, there was also disappointing news that's really ideological in nature, which is the terrible proposal to let the legislature call itself into session. It's really about, about it's it was nominally against, but it's basically split uh the terrible issue too might pass by that polls estimation which would make minority rule on ballot issues uh and it looks and the and the gap on me, on legalizing marijuana was huge now i think in that case you could say the immense amount of advertising that's being spent against the marijuana amendment and the fact that the amendment has a lot of factors to it that has brought opposition from real proponents of legal marijuana could explain why it's fallen so far. But it seems to me a 20 point gap bodes ill for if it is beaten and they come back with a better legal marijuana thing, I don't think there's any reason to believe that the same million dollar people that oppose this issue won't be back and saying the same things about how it's ruined California and Colorado and turned those states into crime cesspools and has everybody driving drunk and, what and, you know, the usual Crazy pot hysteria that you hear. So, uh, there have been some criticism of the poll because of the demographics. I think they said it was what sixty-three percent, aver- uh, or average age was sixty-three. Yeah, which which is a bit higher than the average age of the Arkansas voter, although only about four years higher. Uh, it was short of uh, minorities; only nine percent black, where the percentage is around fifteen. And I think it was low on young voters. Uh, and they did mix both landlines and, and, uh, and cell phones. And so that's, you know, I mean, polling has become harder to do. People are not so trusting of polls and all of that. But I, I remember distinctly. Perhaps it was four years ago that that the political issues on that ballot, on that poll Came in with these overwhelming Republican numbers, and I thought, you know, that's just—I just can't believe Tom Cotton's going to win by that much. Well, he did. <laughs> and 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 at that and at that time, there were some questions again about the demographic split. So, uh, you know, and, and as they say, polls don't allow, uh, decide elections; uh, the voters do. But at a minimum, it was not encouraging.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you talked about the the big money opposing issue for the marijuana legalization amendment, but the the money for it is the greatest amount ever raised to support a they ballot. 14,
1: $14 million. And I got to tell you, I think their ads are losers. I mean, they're, they're selling it all. It's just counterintuitive to say voting for legal marijuana is good for police. Well, Yes. They're going to devote a bunch of the tax revenue to the police. But come on. I mean, they're legalizing something that has filled the jails with convicts. And and that the main reason you want to pass it, and I want to pass it, is so people can legally get high. Let's get real. And and I just think, I, I was reminded of nothing so much of, a, of something that I, in a way, hate to beat up, bring up, because it was a, a candidate that I supported fervently who got beat, and it was when they got colter ran for lieutenant governor in the open election um, after that seat opened up when jim guy tucker rose to governor and they made it into the general election with some really great feel-good ads about his one-eyed dog i think it was and then in the run and then in the final election against mike huckabee they decided to make it all about crime and a lieutenant governor who was going to do something about crime which was I mean, I said at the time, and I, I don't think Nate liked it very much, and I don't blame him. But, but it just didn't seem like a winning thing to me. I mean, for one thing, Lieutenant Custer doesn't have much to do with crime to begin with, and he got beat by the Narrows. I think not because of his advertising. I think there were other political issues at work, and don't bear going into. But it reminded me of that, and I, I just, I'm just not moved by those pro-issue four ads. However. There is the issue of what do you say? I mean, yeah. Do you just put a bunch of people uh, sitting around a bowl of three toes passing a joint around? I don't know. I don't, probably, probably not.
0: Yeah. I mean, I we've talked about the sort of the the pragmatic weighing of this. Like it's it's obviously bad to enshrine monopolies into the Constitution. It would enrich The big cultivators, but if you believe in decriminalization, now's the time. We might not get another shot. Legislature is going to inevitably make it harder, and issue two could pass. I mean that—that to me is the strongest argument. I'm—I'm made it on the Arkansas blog, and I—I've tweeted about it, and it gets retweeted every day. I mean that, but you as a campaign, you can't say, "Hey, our our campaign is shitty," but this is the best shot you're
1: going to have. Right, and and that's and that's. That's how I decided my vote was on that argument, and I I don't feel great about it, but uh, but I feel like it was the right vote.
0: But but to the cops advertising, I mean, I've heard from people like, I don't. Why would I want to increase spending for cops? Like, yeah,
1: no, it's. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, to the people who really find marijuana legalization appealing, and, and that includes a lot of people who don't necessarily smoke it, but are just kind of libertarian in nature and think it's crazy that. People can get drunked up all they want, but they can't have a little weed. They just say, what's the deal here? I mean, I, you know, I'm th- 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 these, these are not a group of people that, that want a bunch of, you know, jackboots marching around. I mean, that are, we already got enough of them.
0: So uh, the Arkansas polls made you more pessimistic than before, but are there any, any hopeful, uh,
1: Well, any
0: race was, you're hopeful was, about?
1: Not Well, I was going to say on the poll, we ought to mention abortion, which was, you know, this crazy thing, which is. First of all, this poll was done very shortly after abortion became totally illegal in Arkansas. I'm not sure how many people fully understand that that's the case and how bad it is. And so they're kind of more or less generally sort of an anti-abortion cast to the to the polling. But down the line, a majority of people who polled and by huge percentages said they favored legal abortions when the fetus wasn't viable, when the fetus had a serious defect, when a, wo- a woman's uh, health was precarious, or even just because of health reasons alone in cases of rape and incest. All of these are not allowed by the Arkansas law. So to the extent you might hope there's a day when There's a chance to at least make our law less draconian. Maybe there's at least a strong signal from the people that there is. But anyway, hopeful hopeful signs anywhere? No, you (laughs) know, no. I mean, the the national polling uh, is terrible. Uh, You know, I think it may be wrong. I hope it's wrong. Uh, I I do think the national media has been prone to adopt the Republican Party talking points that the nation is a wash in crime and. Joe Biden's responsible for inflation and gas prices, and and, I mean, I think they tend to amplify it without telling the whole story on some of these issues, but it's plausible that the polls are correct and that the Republicans will take over the House by a huge majority and perhaps the Senate as well. Uh, In Arkansas, I think the Democrats have done a really good job of fielding some really great candidates in a relative handful of legislative seats against some really awful opponents. And and if, if facts mattered, they could hold on to some seats they're defending and perhaps even pick up a couple. But I, I, the combination of the depth of misinformation and how effective it is on social media and the Republican Party's willingness to lie and spend whatever is necessary to propagate those lies, and apparently about a 60-40 split in Arkansas in general on the side of just mean, cruel, awful people. It's hard to get optimistic about any of the the any of the races for for state government. Uh, I mean, you look at the state the state candidates. You've got this incredible governor candidate, Chris Jones. Against the unpleasant Sarah Huckabee, you've got ignorant Leslie Rutledge against a really likable, hardworking candidate for Lieutenant Governor Kelly Crow. You've got Jesse Gibson, a, an experienced lawyer, against a hack political operative who lies. Tim Griffin, uh, uh, excuse me, for Attorney General, uh, Secretary of State Anna Gorman, absolutely qualified against some guy whose past experience was as a church sexton. You've got in the treasurer's office a bankrupt Ashley Madison list nutcase for the Republicans against a thoroughly qualified business executive for the Democrats, uh, Pam Whitaker. And I, and I don't think there's a snowball's chance for any of them. I mean, the truth doesn't matter, facts don't matter. All that matters any, anymore is a single-party initial after a name on a ballot. And 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 extend that to the Supreme Court, where they've done everything to identify Chris Carnahan as a Republican, so that he'll effectively run as a Republican for Supreme Court against but, Robin Williams.
0: But he won't have that R by his name, so they're they're yeah, he he he'll,
1: he'll he'll lack that one advantage. But they're doing everything they can. I mean, he's advertising that he's endorsed by the Republican Party. I mean, he's flouting uh, the uh, Arkansas Judicial Code of Ethics by doing so. But he says. That's uh, unconstitutional for him not to talk about his partisan connections.
0: Well, I, I think the, the best we can hope for is that issues one through three go down. Though the Arkansas poll has thrown some cold water on on those hopes, but I, I think it's still alive to some degree.
1: Well, here's this: they they didn't poll issue three, which is this bogus religious freedom amendment. But here's one bright spot, you could call it. Jan Morgan, the whacked out gun range uh, Republican uh, from Hot Springs, is uh, urging all her people to vote against issue three. She says it's a Trojan horse. I can't even begin to explain her theory on it, but to find me and Jan Morgan on the same side, who knows? Maybe the stars have aligned.
0: It's a Trojan horse for Sharia law, probably. That's where oh, she's yeah. from. from. Yeah.
1: That, that may be it. She may be afraid of Sharia law coming in. Yeah, well, all the, all those, all those all those Muslims in the legislature are just are just poised to pounce. <laughs> all
0: right let's just, let's move on and uh, talk about what's become a frequent uh, topic for the podcast and for the Arkansas blog, and that is the mess at the Little Rock City Hall.
1: Well you know, this is in a way the most interesting race on the Arkansas ballot this year. You've got a a historic. First ever popularly elected black mayor who's seeking re election. He's running against a very wealthy retired car dealer who is trying hard to say he's an independent, but he's essentially backed by, as, by Republicans as a Republican leaning candidate. Uh, he's running all on crime, which many people see somewhat fairly, I think, as sort of a dog whistle for race. He's white, the mayor's black. I don't think there's any doubt we will see a strong division on racial lines and how this vote runs. We'll see a strong division between Democrats and Republicans. And, and Little Rock is still a Democratic city by inclination. And for that reason, I'm expecting Frank uh, Frank Scott to, to be reelected. But if he does so, it'll be over a mountain of self-inflicted wounds. He's had a disastrous term as mayor, and, and much of it is due to his own fault. He's been unable to work with the city board. And hadn't really seemed to have made a serious effort to do any better at it. He's made enemies of seven to eight members of the city board. And part of it has been by trying to be what that office is not. That is trying to make things happen by his order and without any consensus, which he doesn't quite have the power to do. Most of the big stuff requires the city board's votes. The other thing is he's been secretive. And he's been secretive in ways that have benefited people who appear to be his friends. Uh, the argument, of course, is that that's the way politics always work. You help your friends and not your enemies. But some of these deals have just had an aroma to them, whether it was the War Memorial top off, whether it was the crazy profiteering by a city employee on trying to sell a building to the city, whether it was this latest deal where discovered long after the fact that a uh, contract had been awarded to a campaign contributor, Scott, to do some, some kind of consulting work on a redevelopment plan that was going to only happen if the city sales tax passed, which it didn't. And there are just, they're just all kinds of questions lingering about that contract and, and why, when people tried to get copies of it, they couldn't get it. You know There was an angry board meeting in which City Director Kathy Peck said she'd been told by the planning director that she couldn't have the material because the mayor had ordered him not to release it. Mayor says that's not true. The planning director has gone into hiding. Reportedly has said that's not true. But the, the simple facts are, is for a week, people try to get this stuff. Actually, longer than that, if you go back to when Lance Hines first requested the, the information. And they didn't get it. And they couldn't get it until Blue Hog Report more or less threatened to file a lawsuit over it. And the city attorney's office stepped in. And it has stepped in lately. And admitted violations of FOI law by the city, by the mayor's administration, not by the city attorney's office, I should point out, and uh, has started to turn loose some material that more or less the Scott administration pretended like it didn't exist. So you, you've got that scenario going on, which further indicates the division at City Hall. Uh, a lot of people are looking at Little Rock, and all of this is bad for Little Rock. Whoever you favor in this race. If you favor Steve Landers, you've drawn the conclusion that Little Rock is a shithole and a dangerous place to walk the streets. Uh, if you favor Frank Scott, you think it's all about race and white people are out to get black people and not, not without some reason. And that And that white people got away with this for years and nobody said anything. And now minor stuff has become a major issue for him not without some truth behind that but uh neither of those scenarios to somebody in bentonville or conway or Cersei, i think are cause for anybody to say anything but thank god i don't live in little rock
0: yeah well i think you correctly outlined like the the most fervent supporters in each camp but there are a lot of people and i put myself in this camp who i just can't vote for steve landers there's no scenario but I just shake my head in dismay every new scandal that comes out. I mean, I wrote about this this race in what September <laughs> thinking like yeah. Yeah, we could jump on it. And so I mean, you know, there a lot of the, the issues that you pointed out have been bubbling along in the background and and uh, you know, we, we've we've chased them but I've never seen a campaign in which the candidate has melted down in in such a fashion, so close to the election. It's just, you know, I <laughs> I can't vote for Steve Landers, but it gets harder and harder every new scandal that comes out to, uh,
1: uh, uh, to vote for guy. E- I had an extremely liberal Little Rock resident of my long acquaintance stop me last night and say. I never thought I'd see the day that I'd vote for Steve Landers, but I just did.
0: And and, think there are a lot of fairly conflicted.
1: And I don't think think Frank Scott has anybody but himself to blame for this. I, I I mean, the the transparency thing, which his supporters try to kiss off, is wholly of his creation. He's run a secretive administration. It 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 inspires people to fight to paper him with FOI requests uh his his uh attempt to bully the board into actions failed and you know that they're that's a group of people who've been there a long time and and they they uh, value their power and you may think they're too old and time for them to leave and all of that and that's that's fair enough but they're there and as long as they're there he's got to work with them and for whatever reason He hadn't chosen to do it. And so now some of this is coming back to bite him. And it's, as I say, I mean, he can, yeah, he can blame it on the season. And it's certainly coming to a head because election's a week away. But uh, he created the material that's being thrown at
0: him. Yeah. I mean, uh, you you also got to rise up and and explain what's going on. And, you know, there there may be a a reasonable explanation for this latest, uh, this latest contract uh, that involves war memorial park but he he hadn't given it
1: no and that's the most aggravating thing he does on this and other issues he said well i didn't really know about that come on i mean he kind of acted like he didn't know about that screwball land deal off roosevelt road of course he knew about it i mean top golf he said oh, well that wasn't my deal of course he knew about it it's just, it's just transparently untrue when he says that sort of things. This stuff is coming out of people he's installed in his administration that are doing his bidding, and he knows what they're doing, and they don't do it without the understanding, either directly from him or from his chief of staff, that they're doing what's desired by the mayor. That's a fact, and he just has to man up on some of this stuff. I, I think I was told at one point that that Bruce Moore, when he was asked to intervene on this contract, said, hey, number one, it's a public document. Number two, this guy, Gerald Alley, who got the contract, is a stand-up guy, well-known, business hall-of-famer, nothing to be embarrassed about giving him some work. But they still didn't want to do it. Well, probably because it it turns out on closer inspection, it doesn't stand inspection very well.
0: It's a mess. And uh, as you say, race is swirling all around it. but." It's it's hard to to say that it's it's all there is. There's there's absolutely more going on. And uh, yeah,
1: I, I think I, absolutely. I mean, there are absolutely people who will vote against Frank Scott because he's black and they're white and there are absolutely black people who will vote for Scott and against Landers because they think black people get a broad deal. And that's just a fact. But 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 it is more nuanced than that
0: election season is does not lend itself well to nuance either so all right well i'm sure we'll have more to talk about that race and other things and what will probably be a moan and groan podcast next week but for now let's move on to endorsements
1: well i speaking of of race and 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 why black people feel the way they do and why we need to teach about systemic racism and why it's crazy to think it hasn't been a fact of American life and remains. So I just finished a book half American. And it's about the history of of black people in America in the days leading up to World War II during World War II and even afterwards and the, the discrimination suffered by black soldiers. And the, the second class treatment they got in the army, in the GI Bill, on returning home after incredible heroic service and service battalions that maintained the p- supply lines in Europe and the Pacific. Really, it's, I, I mean, it was not really news to me that this was true, but just the litany of lynchings and the litany of unfair treatment and the things Southern congressmen said on the floor of, the, of, of Congress, it's just. Uh, it's a fascinating book and easy to read, quick read, and just in some and lots of individual stories about the people that despite the oppression they'd experienced were true patriots, true heroes, and incredibly uh, accomplished guys. So anyway, I'd I'd recommend it to anybody.
0: What what was it called again?
1: Half American.
0: That sounds great. Uh well I will it's recommend
1: by his story. Yeah.
0: I'll recommend a, a, a novel, new novel, uh, Lydia Millett's Dinosaurs. Uh, Millet, who uh, is a, a Tucson writer, like a very accomplished novelist, but who has a full-time job working for some environmental outfit. Uh, wrote probably my favorite book that I've read in the last several years, a Children's Bible, um, that I've, I'm pretty sure I endorsed here. I would read that if you if you're new to her and interested. I'd read that book first because it's kind of a showstopper. It's it does some allegorical things with the Bible, but ultimately is kind of about um, climate change and and what this generation generation is leaving for uh, the generation that follows. Um, the dinosaurs, a new book, is a much quieter book, but is is kind of similarly. Uh, interested in in inheritance and how a person should be in these times. She's just such a sharp, smart writer and, and it, the book is, is weighty and, you know, at times heavy, but it goes down really easy. Um, I think she's written some children's books and I've heard several reviewers compare her prose kind of to, to, to children's writing. but. Yeah, I I I loved it. I'm I'm trying to go back through her back catalog and read as much as I can. She's she's become one of my favorite writers, Lydia Millet, Dinosaurs.
1: Oh, let me throw in one thing. Have you had an Italian beef sandwich at uh, Hillcrest Artisanal Meats?
0: Oh yeah, it's it's fantastic.
1: Oh oh, man, is it? it, I had my last week. Man, is it good?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch watch the bear and then go get an Italian
1: beef. Yeah, it was it was great. Decided to try and emulate it at home with some pot roast, and it worked out pretty well. It was good.
0: Nice. All right. Well, uh, everybody stay safe out there. If you have not already, make sure you vote on Tuesday and come back with us next week, and we'll talk all about it.
1: See you around.